Are you good? I will be. Okay. Well, I think I probably got to tell the colonel that I can't go with her. Ezra pauses for a moment, looks up with almost slight confusion. And like, really? I get... There's nobody that's going to take my place if I leave here. And I don't know what's going to happen to the front lines if, if I leave. So I guess I'm stuck with you guys. <laughs> yes. Aren't we the weird Hodgemodge squad of mech pilots? I never expected to be in this shit. <laughs> I need to get some food. You want to get some? Sure. All right. I'll not force her to go. If she decides not to go, I'll respect that decision. When she leans back forward, it's as if she's about to give a response, but then the door opens again. And walking in is Ezrin and Lilise. You know, we never, <laughs> we never come to this one, but this one's actually a lot nicer than the other one. It is. I don't know why I've never... I need to focus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lilies. You guys walk in expecting to like go to the buffet and you know grab a, a, so a made plate. Uh, well, almost expect... Sorry. You're used to the buffet. You're not used to like a waiter. Like, oh. like waiting staff, like coming in to serve you food and things with a menu to be uh, had as well. So as you're about to go and get a table, you see that you see that uh, Duro and Wu are sitting at the table with the captain, as well as Lieutenant uh, Colonel Fukuda. Oh, there she is. This is what we get up to when you're not looking. <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute. Duro and Wu, what are they doing? <laughs> anyway... <laughs> I've got to go handle this. Ah, uh, so we're not the only ones that came that were interested in uh, in seeing this part of the ship. Apparently <laughs> mm, not. Uh, you walk up to the table. Second lieutenant, pleasure. Lieutenant Colonel Fukuda, I regret that I will not be able to join your forces at this time. Mm -hmm. Until the situation stabilizes on the front lines, I think that my responsibility is to my team. She, she pauses for a moment in reflection and says, I understand. If you wish to stay here, I will not stop you. What you're doing here is important. Thank you. Certainly your crew seems to think so. After all, your captain and commander have certainly spoken a lot about all of you. And you guys showed up to... We were here to plead our case. All right. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Your head can clear when you shoot at each other. Uh, Miles and Perry suddenly have weird, confused looks on their faces, like... Checking for bullet holes. <laughs> I'm clean. Uh, I'm not sure if you're exactly in a state to be shooting at anyone right now, Perry says. <laughs> Only simulations. <laughs> Only simulations. Well, at least this is out of the way, then. Mm -hmm. Louise, it's good to have you on the ship. Thank Miles. you, sir. Well, my meal is done, and I've got to get back to my squadron. When the time comes, Maruko fighters will fight proudly on all your sides. As she says that, she salutes. Salute back. Yay. And walks out of the officer's mess. Well, I guess we didn't need to do that. But well, I mean, you know, you thought you had to. It seems like a trend for us, uh, doing things that seem unnecessary at the time, that, un uh, that are unnecessary. Maduro is smiling at Ezra, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Don't, don't mention that. Uh, well, you look like you need more waffles. I'm going to go get you some waffles. I love some waffles. 
And can I get chicken noodle? <laughs> you should have chicken noodle soup in bed. <laughs> you know that's never gonna work. No. I'm not going to sit around and feel like an invalid. He was in the flight simulator. Can you believe that? Well, the yes. mech simulator. <laughs> yes. Yes, I can believe that. Yes. My effectiveness has only diminished slightly. <laughs> he really beat me up. I don't understand. My concentration did break. Got snuck up on by another by, by a simulated mech. Oh, really? <sighs> so I couldn't have beat you, but in the end you got shot up by a simulation. Well, the the computer was... cheats. Everyone knows the computer, computer cheats. cheats. Exactly. Um, it doesn't. Uh, you hear Samante sort of say from the corner. Yeah, right. Like we're gonna believe you. Um, is there anything else that you all need? Uh, Perry says, sitting oh. at the table. Uh... Oh, I just thought this is what where we're eating it, but I guess not. You can sit and eat with us. It's fine. <laughs> you can be at the cool kids' table. <laughs> I mean, we are it. technically officers. We are. We it's just... a very, it's a really, it's a big technically. We don't come around here. <laughs> or come off as officers. No. Or seem professional. Or are part of the chain of command. We're just here. We're just here. We have titles. <laughs> oh my god. With the bright glow of the moon above, a shining carapace can be seen making its way through a narrow woodland, the splintered trail of broken trees marking its path. Mjolnir, the name given to this weapon of carnage, continues its progression northward, its aim being the destruction of the Mutet Alliance, and with it, the USN's strongest base of support in Africa. Inside the behemoth, officers from the Martian military gather around a hollow table. Their discussion preoccupied with the latest battle at Tabor Air Base. Their leader, General Jürgen Strauss, can be seen leaning sideways in his chair, his hand resting on his chin, as he listens passively to his subordinates, his mind seemingly focused on a distant matter than the one being discussed. Based on our estimates from the start of the siege, approximately 70% of the enemy's personnel and equipment managed to be evacuated from the airbase. These estimates include the remnants of the Muruko Fighter Squadron, as well as a sizable contingent of Mutad's mobile forces. What of the equipment that we captured from the stragglers? Mostly support vehicles, fuel tanks, munitions trucks, and other various non-combat equipment. Mutad was thorough in assuring that not one scrap of useful material was left on base. That also extends to the rearguard units. Barely any ammunition was left. And once the main transports were away, most units managed to destroy what equipment they had before they surrendered to us. Lieutenant Rayla, do you have the status report on our Dusan contingent? Yes, Captain. While the core of Dusan's forces remain combat effective, I am growing more concerned by their casualty rates. They seem to be caught off guard by the breakout effort, and most of their vanguard units were badly mauled. Even after the counterattack, some of their mobile units are reporting as high as 60% casualty rates. Like it matters, we all know Dusan's main asset to us is their disposability. After all, no group of snakes, no matter their number, has ever won a war. Martian arms will be all that matters when this fight is settled. While I agree with the sentiment, Lieutenant Quince, let us not forget that we will not be here without at least some assistance from Dusan. As such, it may prove prudent for us to ensure their strength isn't wasted before we reach our final objective. The meeting continues with general chatter, when Captain Zhao looks to Strauss. Is there something on your mind, General? Pull up the image of that carrier. I want to take another look at it. The one that landed at the airbase, sir? Correct. I know we've seen that ship before. Lieutenant Quince, what do we know about it? Sir, based on its design, we believe it to be a virtuous class assault carrier, one of the USN's latest models. It's meant to function as an air and mobile carrier platform, but it boasts a fair amount of defensive armaments. It carries somewhere between six to eight mobiles and up to 20 combat aircraft. We first encountered this ship fleeing the combat zone in Umbea. And how did it manage to surprise our forces, especially without any strategic assistance? Some form of stealth system, sir. 
it's meant to be able to operate on its own without a great deal of operational support. This also isn't the first time our forces have encountered this ship outside Mabia. Reports have indicated its presence south of Dodoma, where its forces struck at one of our supply depots. With this, a series of images is displayed of the battle, with the focus being on the four mechs of a bastion. Seems to be an irregular contingent for a USN ship. You'd be correct, sir. We've only been able to identify two of the four mechs present at the battle. The diplomat class of Weiyu, and the Maoyan from China. The other two seem to be some form of prototypes, which we are still working to identify. Strauss nods his head and stands to his feet, his officers following suit. It's clear to me that this pest has overstayed its welcome. Lieutenant Zex, get me as much detailed intelligence as you can on that ship. I want to know everything from its captain to its janitors. Is that understood? Right away, General. Good. As for the rest of you, continue your preparations for Mount Tagano. I want preliminary plans ready by tomorrow morning. Sir! Sir. Strauss turns to leave the room, then stops mid-stride as he turns to face Captain Zhao. Captain, what was the unit that managed to drive back the USN forces at the supply depot? That would be the Black Stars, sir. They were in the middle of refits when the attack began. They are some of the best pilots that we have in this sector. Hail them, and let them know that they have a new assignment coming their way. With the drama past with the Maruku fighters and Lalise, everyone has sort of taken the moment to have some downtime. Either resting and recuperating as some of you might need, or taking some time for yourselves. Uh, the last couple of hours have at least been mostly restful. Lieutenant Colonel Fukoda has taken her squadron and taken off towards USN's African Central Command. Meaning that, in the meantime, after doing some minor repairs from the damage that Mjolnir inflicted on the Bastion, you all begin to make your way towards the Afar Gorge. Intel has told you for a bit now that there's a group of Eurocore that have managed to hold out within the gorge as a bit of a stronghold near the front lines of where the secondary action is taking place between this newfound war between Dusan and Muted. After about four hours of fight, you guys are called up to the bridge by Captain Miles, saying that you all have arrived. Finishing up what small tasks or reports which you were filling out, you all head up towards the main bridge. There you see Miles, Commander Perry, as well as some of the other officers you met so far on the bridge. Ah, good. You all made it. We're about to arrive at our destination. Hopefully, Eurocore will be in good enough shape and be able to head with us back to Central Command. We'll have to see. I definitely would hope that they're able to join us, since we've lost the self-defense force for the time being. Indeed. But, that's a little ways off. I mostly called you up here because I figured you'd like to see this. From the viewports that are on the main deck of the bridge, you know, this long sort of U-shaped window port that is continuous along the bridge, uh, bridge's front facing. So it's bow, essentially. Looking out is a beautiful sight. You see this this canyon, essentially. Plenty of you have probably seen pictures of, say, uh, the Grand Canyon, right? That exists out in the you know, west of the United States. But one thing that doesn't really come up from a lot of those tourist pictures is people who actually go in it, there's a lot of lush green that you can find you know, along these small creeks and rivers that, like, you know, flow within it. That is certainly matched by this location, if not sort of eclipsed almost. The tops of the ridges are massive, but, like, almost like singular pillars that are continuous. With rock that is made up of this weird orange and white that sort of, like, bands across, strewn along all this rocky terrain, you also see plenty of vegetation, tree lines and forest even, with brush and wood and grass, moss, whatever you can find in between. It is this weird aesthetic mixture that 
is really profound to see. Well, Ezrin just mumbles to himself. Uh, someone tries to listen in. It's just she would have liked this. How wide is the is the valley or the gorge? Um, it doesn't really have a width because the rocks are so interspersed with each other. There's like so many different paths that this place takes, essentially. Um, various like caverns that like almost kind of like streak out. Have you ever seen like uh? So it's like a, a big, like crackling ravine, sort of. Yeah, essentially, almost like um, if you've seen like lightning strike marks that like sort of have these edged like patterns, branching but out. branching out. It's a little bit more smooth, obviously, because it's natural terrain. But it gives the impression. Um, mm-hmm. As you're approaching in, the valley gorge begins to open up, and you find a spot that looks like it'll have enough area to sort of gain clearance in and as you approach actually you see that there's a scattering of movement that you see along the ground people with a couple of vehicles and machinery that you can see strewed about they don't seem to be like in an alarmed rush and given the size of the ship they probably knew that you were coming in as you approach uh it looks to be like there's this area that's being sectioned off for your clearing as vehicle and personnel begin to move aside um and you can you even see uh strobe lights that are almost giving directional patterns towards the bridge crew so that they can begin to land the bastion i'd like you all to make an awareness check real quick mm. of course right after we determined we don't need, need dice. dice okay that's not it that's my With my plus uh, 13, 18. Okay. Oh boy, did I maybe beat Ezrin? That would be amazing. Did you? <gasps> well, I rolled a nine, so oh. I, have, I have a good shot at it. What's awareness? Uh, uh, it's a f- common sense. Damn it. Common sense. 18. <laughs> I can only have beaten that with a 10. I, oh. Ooh, she might win. There's a 10. I'm pretty aware. Uh, 20. Ah, oh, she beat me. I got a twelve. <laughs> I, I got a twelve. Okay, Duro, you're just still like looking at the pretty rocks, basically, like just taking all the nice green and scenery. Like, this is nice. Yeah, and hope... you've been to some nice places. Yeah, I hope this doesn't get blown up. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, the rest of you are sort of taking a more look at the equipment, like that is being not displayed, but that you can kind of see upon the approach. You're not seeing a lot of mechs, at least not as many as you'd expect. Um, you're seeing a lot of vehicle equipment. Ezrin, you're seeing a couple of the hover transports that you're normally used to seeing as part of your core forces. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of fast mobile mobile units that help deploy troops and various other equipment. Wu, you're sort of taking a look at some of the personnel and some of the like uh, actual combat vehicles and... I mean, they look in a good enough shape, but there's some of them are certainly battered. Uh, Lilise, you take a look at something, though, that is kind of peculiar. Hmm. On the port side of Bastion, as you're coming in, you see what looks to be the chassis of a Chattel. So a Mooted mech. But it doesn't look right for a second, and that's because as you look closer at it, and it's sort of like perched on one of these ridge, uh, ridge lines, sort of looking out across the valley open into the open space Mm -hmm. and looking at it you realize oh it's powered down there's no one actually inside that mech Mm -hmm. it's a great big bluff (laughs) (laughs) looks like a mutad mech i was i was distracted i saw a dog what's going on Now we will, must find that dog, name that dog, and keep that dog. No, we can't. We cannot. That, the, the dog would be killed at some point, I'm sure. It would be used that. emotionally against us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as you guys are making your approach, uh, Lieutenant Shea pipes up. Uh, Captain, we're getting some short-range communication from the Eurocor forces. They say that they are going through some final preparations right now, but they'd be willing to have a meeting soon. Hmm. Very well. All right. Uh, I guess make yourself as presentable as possible for when your Corps commander comes on board. 
as he says this, throwing some shade at us. <laughs> he was saying it more in a sarcastic manner. But... <laughs> like nobody here is going to be presentable. They've been living in a valley. Yeah, there. Uh, I got no tailored suits here. <laughs> so, as he says this and is about to get it from his chair, a communicator comes beeping like within the echoes of the bridge. Ezra, your communicator's beeping. Oh. The hell? Oh shit, is it your mom? (laughs) (laughs) That would be a trip, to say the least. Um, I answer it? Uh, Answering it and sort of putting it to your ear. Renon! It's good to see that you made it. You hear the voice Uh, of Commander Babelhall. Commander Babelhall. Good to hear you. Hey, it's good to hear you as well. Uh, we're going through some housekeeping right now, but I'll try to be making it to that shortly. Uh, I'm being told to head towards the Mick Bay, and once I'm there, we can discuss what's been happening. I will see you there. All right, he cuts off the line. Well, that was my commanding officer. All right, there we go. It's all coming together. Yes, Beverhall is a... Well, Interesting fellow, to say the least. I'll be looking forward to seeing him. All right, so you guys all head down. He's going to be heading towards an entrance at the Mech Bay, so you guys all head to make your way there. Entering down, a lot of the Mech Bay crew has been mostly busy trying to clean up after the huge mess of humanity that was your rescue from uh, Tabura. Sure. So they've been like, you know... uh, Buffing things out, cleaning up from you know wreckage and debris that's been left over. All the Mutet forces that were on board got dropped off over at Central Command. So it's back to your basically normal detachment at this point, U4. Uh, heading down, most of the work crew is just getting this buffing process going, but a few of them are working on some of the other mechs. You see Terra is actually currently working on Falkir. It uh, looks like she's trying to replace a lot of the armored plating that got, you know, penetrated. and As well as the working on wiring that's in the cockpit as it stands. How's it coming along? It's, uh, oh, uh, Ezrin. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going good. It's, it's, it's going. Um, I, I think I'll be able to have it up within about 12 hours. We'll, we'll see. Um, it's just a lot of wiring that needs to get replaced as well as the armor. Yes. <sighs> well, its pilot is down for the count, so don't overwork yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be sure of that. Don't don't worry. <laughs> He's kind of just looking at the mech. Sorry, I couldn't keep you in one piece. Dude, you got shot. It happens. <laughs> I'm a plating sure, but. No, my mech isn't supposed to be, well, in the middle of people's uh, crossfire. Exactly. I'm sure that Tara will be able to buff it out no problem. Oh, I have full confidence in her abilities. Captain Miles and Perry walk on to the the mech bay floor. Hopefully this uh, Colonel Babelhall should be able to update us on what's been going on on this front. While we've had plenty of reports and all the things going on behind the lines where the enemy's not supposed to be we haven't really heard anything about what's going on here yeah i guess it's going to be good to know if we have a line really it's no surprise they've been able to hold here but it's looked like they're wearing themselves thin well, we'll get a good update from uh from Beverhall. with saying that the doors over by where you have the mech bay launchers uh, begin to open uh, the ramps for Bastion are normally kept at the prows. That's where equipment is loaded and unloaded. The prows themselves actually make for a nice, like, avenue way, because one side can be used for unloading and one side can be used for loading. So it makes for, you know, nice coming and going. You know, the only point that's an issue, of course, is the choke point, which is the door. So you have various amounts of supplies and equipment that, since landing, have been started to be loaded down basically requests made by the Urcor forces if you had extra armor plating or, you know, bolts and nuts and things of that nature. A couple vehicles are basically moving down. With the door 
being open, you see a truck moving in. You recognize it. You're a core. It's you know pretty sleek in design. As the truck truck comes to a stop, a couple of personnel, a couple of officers, lieutenants climb out, and one of them turns to the passenger side door and seems to be assisting the person coming out. As they come from behind the truck itself, Colonel Babelhall, he's on a crutch right now. First thing that is apparent with the crutch is that you look to see that he's gingerly walking on his right leg. Mm-hmm. With it being held in some sort of like air pressure cast, essentially, with any amount of pressure seeming to put probably bits of pain, you would imagine. But as you your eye sort of climbs up, you notice that he's wearing this very, not oversized, but this sort of like trench coat like jacket with his military like proper insignia and, you know, badges, designations, all that type of stuff. Then you look over towards his right arm, his right arm sleeve, which is fluttering. Mm. <laughs> Colonel Bevahol. Renan, it's good to see that. It's good to see you again. I assume you must be Captain Miles. His attention shifts. Indeed. It's good to be making your acquaintance. Indeed. Now let's get done with this chit-chatter. We have important stuff to discuss. Where's the closest briefing room? As he says this, he sort of crutch, uh, crutch in hand, his left hand. He walks almost past this, you know, uh, greeting party. Come on, quit your time wasting. We have enough things to discuss. I uh, turn to the group. Everyone in my life, for some reason, seems to be very intense. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how you turned out so cool and calm. (laughs) And Dora's going to walk back up the ramp. (laughs) All right. So getting on board, Bastion, you head up up the elevator and head towards the briefing room. Uh, Once inside... A couple of uh, Babel Hall's lieutenants, other commanders, are uh, taking up one side of the room, uh, you know, one side of the, the table within the room. Well, the rest of you take up the other side. Captain Miles and Commander Perry are in their normal spots, with Babel Hall uh, taking up the sort of head, the opposite uh, dad chair, I guess, if, if we were to say. <laughs> dad chair. <laughs> Once everyone's sort of gotten their seating arranged, Captain Miles sort of turns his chair towards Colonel Babelhall. He's like, well, Colonel, we are not as informed on this sector as you might be, so as it stands, you have the floor. What can you tell us? Right then. So, shortest to say that this area is fucked with be not quite an overstatement, but certainly not an understatement either. It's complicated. With this, he plugs in a device into the table, and on the screen behind Miles uh, appears, you know, a battle line of sorts. As it stands, Dusan has not been bringing its top gear towards this front, but it's certainly enough to keep this sector locked down. They are constantly harassing us with screening attacks that keep its so that we cannot abandon our positions. Thankfully, this gort has been a great spot, but we've been fighting for nearly a week at this point. At least the Muted uh, defenders who were here before we arrived. Now, we can hold out here. That's not the problem. The problem is what's been... we've been hearing over some static comm channel. You see... Many of the Muted forces have been want, uh, wishing to be pulled out. Muted is currently trying to see if they can pull forces back, but it is proving difficult, meaning that we're mostly stuck here, or at least the Muted forces are. We, on the other hand, are a bit more mobile, but we've been under strength, so we have not been able to operate fully. However, that does not mean that we have not had some successes. Saying this, uh, the screen shifts uh, to some form of facility. Uh, no real location or ID code. Uh, as he continues to go on. This was an Intel facility 
that we managed to hit about two days ago. An intel facility that we've managed to decrypt some of the intel that which we've been re receiving from. From that, we've made two, two discoveries that are important to us right now. The first is this one. As he uh, says this, the screen shifts again. Right now we have intel on maintenance units that are heading north from Abia up towards the northern border of Tanzania. We do not know their exact destination, but we do know that they seem to be heading towards working on one particular project, which we're not fully informed of. The project's name is Aesir. Huh. I know what that means, but I don't I think know Wu would know what I'm... that means. Can I roll? That that's that's like your department, Dan. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's that's, that's going to be Ezrin's thing. Yeah. He said Aesir, right? Aesir. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah. That's the big Norse gods. Yeah. That's the one that. Uh, oh. Yeah, th those. That's that's Thor, that's right. Thor yeah. Odin, uh, ba uh, Balder. Balder. Yeah. Freya, that makes Frigg. sense. Freya and Frigg are not. They're You're right. They're, they're Vanir. They're Vanir. It's a. It's a. They're different. Will. God. Yeah. I'm Come sorry. on. Gods. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> up to the lore on your dead religion. Freya is my cat. That's also true. <laughs> uh, what would this be? For a check. Uh, it would be. I did. <laughs> if you have any sort of history or. Got nothing for history. The only thing I got was awareness. Yeah. It would be harder if you wanted to try to use awareness because that's more. We've been so, using it sometimes as a lore check, but it's like perception, really. It's yeah, it, it's really yeah. It's not really. Couldn't you just know it? I could just. Couldn't you know just it. know it? But I mean, like with my. Uh, it's, <laughs> you gotta roll. It's uh, if it's a common sense skill, then it's six plus eight base. I would actually say it's more of an intellect because knowing Aesir. Then you. All right. Hold on. I got intelligence. What do you know about dead religions from a continental world? Dead life? European religions. So it's just it's just based like off intelligence. None of us are. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Ezrin. Ezrin's a European. Ezrin's European. The rest of us are not. Right. I got an eleven, Travis. Yeah. You and me match. Nice. <laughs> I just rolled for fun, but I got a twelve somehow. Um, Aesir. Aesir. Um, like you're sort of looking with confused. Confusion. I'm gonna start burning experience just to get history, but no, no. no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Okay, with that, Miles is going to. He's gonna lean forward with his like fingers interlaced with each other, as he puts his elbows on the desk. Aesir, huh? So the Norse gods. Ah, yes, that is it precisely. Uh, Colonel Whitehall responds. We're not exactly up to speed on what the intention of the project is, but we do know that it seemed to have very high value to the people trying to defend the intel about it. Why well, what does Mjolnir mean? Mm. Mjolnir is the weapon in which Thor held. It was supposed to be the hammer that helped him extinguish the ice giants from original Norse mythology. Oh, so those... So, so, so if, the, if Mjolnir is just the hammer, then what are the gods? Outside the scope of our current mission, I hope. <laughs> Hold up. What do you mean with this whole thing with Mjolnir? Do we have a diagram for that one? <laughs> Um, Miles will simply press a button and the uh, table will display the, mm. the 3D outlay of Mjolnir. This is the big fucking threat button. Yes. <laughs> he has it programmed into his desk now. Like, He's like, okay, we need to keep making plans for it, so I'm, I'm going to keep this schematic up. Press the button. <laughs> Schematics on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, with this coming up, the officers from Eurocore and Muted simply like, ooh. Like, so there's, there's a bit of awe that's like... Yep. And as you see uh, the uh, from the scan, that's my mech uh, over there for size comparison. 
That does not look good. It's really not, sir. It's we've, really, really bad. We've encountered it personally. So, is it possible that the Aesir project and this Mjolnir have a connection then? Yeah, I mean, it sounds... If funny. they like themes more than they like secrecy, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not dealing with a professional military force, I guess. They might just do this because for, like, propaganda purposes internally. Mm. And it, it would seem to make sense. Like, the logical thing, I guess, would be to name it so that it's not related. Whose intel facility was captured? It was a combined operation with Dusan and Martian forces. Then it would probably be relevant. Yes. Though, I do want to mention that the facilities themselves were split. So... Mm. They seem to be trying to coordinate their actions with each other, but it is, uh, you know, not a combined operation per se. Maybe it's Martians might have some different objectives than Dusan themselves, but that would only be expected. That tracks, certainly. Um, what was the intel? The intel was that they had, uh, as he says this, the map on the table shifts to a map of Muted, is that they had several maintenance units that were heading up north mm. to help work on this Project Aesir, which apparently seems to be what this Mjolnir is. Wait, yep. so they have maintenance units then? Well, it makes sense. It probably has a lot of wear and tear from trying to operate in an atmosphere. Even with what modifications, upgrades, and advanced technology they might have, that is still a major-sized mech. Yeah, I agree probably, probably take a lot of repair time. They probably need a tanker truck to change the oil on that thing. But this Settle. might be to your advantage then, because what these maintenance units will most likely have would be schematics. Oh. Yeah. yeah at I least at least for the parts that they're going to be repairing, most definitely. That is certainly big news. Mm -hmm. If we had those schematics, we'd be able to better plan and prepare for when the final confrontation comes. Yeah, that could definitely tip the balance since we don't know how to hurt it right now. Uh, now we have to go through an entire sequence in which we steal the Death Star schematics and get them to Princess Leia. But we are Princess Leia. We, we are Princess Leia. But we don't have many bosons to sacrifice in the pursuit of this knowledge. We have a very small number of bosons. <laughs> Bothan. Bothans. Wow. Is it Bothans? It is yeah. Bothans. I, Many Bothans died. I refuse to say it correctly. I will say Bothans. I'm pretty sure they said Bothans in Expounded Universe. Yeah, I mean, Expounded? The Did you just say Expounded? Uh -huh, it's yep. It's a whole other podcast. Free promotion for uh, the These host. These people unrelated to us. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Well, I mean, I assume that we're buying an ad on their show. Uh, probably at some point. <laughs> um. Anyway. Given the importance of these schematics to our overall objective, they certainly have launched themselves to the top of our priority list. Colonel Babel, if if you wouldn't mind, I appreciate if your your team and ours could coordinate on this and see if we can manage to capture these schematics. I would love to, Captain, but that is not possible for me. With this, Miles almost is, has a shocked reaction. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean that I have more pressing matters concerned myself with, as well as my unit. You see, that is not the only intel that we receive from that facility. As he says this, the screen behind Miles shifts again. It shows a facility with the designation in Mozambique, about 50 miles from the Tanzanian border. This facility is outside the town of Marsaloon. Uh, it is a prison facility. A prison facility that has seen has seen many people transfer to it recently, from all across the front. From here in Tanzania all the way to it's in Air Force Base. Ezrin is holding back a bit. <clears throat> you can see strain in his jaw. <laughs> we are unaware of what the condition of the prisoners are right now. But as it stands, if people from my unit are there, they are my top concern. So I'm sorry, Captain, I cannot follow you on this mission for the schematics. I mean, how hard could it be to knock over a maintenance unit? Right. 
well, who's just going to like look at you like I cannot believe you just actually said that. <laughs> Given the fact that they're a maintenance unit for Mars's top offensive weapon within the sector, I imagine it will be no cakewalk. Indeed, the map shifts to back over to Tanzania. The closest maintenance unit that we have intel on is using a road that goes through Rongwa in order to get towards a certain des- uh, whatever their final destination is. And they've got a deuce. Not only do they have a deuce on escort, but they also have a number of armored APCs and missile vehicles. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a little bit more than I expected, yes. Something we haven't dealt with before. True. Look, I have perhaps an inappropriate amount of bravado, but it's not like we can not do it. That's absolutely true. At this point... Colonel Bavaholt. What is it, Renan? Do you know if uh, Lionel was with them? At this point, I do not know. It is certainly possible, though. He was captured at the Air Force Base. Either that or killed. No. I imagine he was captured. Man's too smart to die uh, die a needless death. Uh, one of the officers of... Uh, one of Colonel Bavahal's officers speaks up. Uh, it is certainly a possibility he... Uh, he stayed behind in order to help secure our retreat. We were surrounded before he managed to punch a hole for us, but he had to stay behind to keep it open. Yeah, that sounds like him. <sighs> Commander Perry speaks up at this. Isrin, I know that you have a lot of attachments here, but understand that these schematics are very vital. We can't let our personal feelings be getting in the way of mission priorities here. What is the role for personal feeling? Oh, cool, I'm guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's been super cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> super cool. I'm moderately cool. Roll 10, roll 10, roll 10. Roll 1. Damn it. So you're rolling under. Yeah. No. Damn it. <laughs> Ezrin takes a deep breath and, and uh, yes, I know. I'd prefer if we could... Uh, do we know if they're moving the, uh, the prisoners at any point, or are they going to stay there? That we do not have intel on. We only know that the facility exists, and some of its... some components of who's being held there. We don't have a prisoner's list, unfortunately, though. And do you think you have the forces to take it? Babelhole sort of leans back and look, looking over his other officers. I'll be the first to admit that we are under strength right now. We certainly do not have the manpower that we used to. These last few days have been difficult. We have three rates that are currently operational. Either the rest of our chattels or other race are too badly damaged or do not have the pilots. Can I ignore military protocol for Wu to say rude things? That's up to Wu. Well, like, like we're in an anime, and I feel like I wouldn't yes. accept... Yes, okay. Yes. You're unaware of who is being held prisoner, but you will prioritize the possibility of rescuing men over decisively striking a blow against the enemy? First off, I do know that prisoners from certain sectors are being held there, including sectors... From where we were previously posted. So I know my men are there. Second off, those are my men that are being held in there. And I have a responsibility to do what I can to save them from whatever conditions that Dusan is putting them through. And I'm guessing we don't have the time to do both. We do not know how long it will take for this maintenance unit to make its way over to Milner. This could be our only shot. I would ask, uh, Commander Baverhall, that you held off until after we hit the maintenance unit, but I know that you're also going to be on a time schedule, hope, uh, if the, uh, hoping they don't move any of the prisoners. It's not only that. 
They've been intensifying their attacks on the frontier recently. And we keep on losing men. The longer we stay here, the weaker we get. We cannot be wasting time. Do we not have room on the ship? As I turn to Perry. For entire units? That would be, uh, be a squeeze. But then if we put your core on, then there are probably many from Mooted, which will want to be taken on board as well, which would leave a gap in the lines. Mm-hmm. Even if we just lose Euro core here, the line is going to be substantially weaker. Mm-hmm. Those prisoners are there. That's more mech pilots. And we have mechs sitting out there that don't have pilots. But I don't know that mechs are going to make the difference against Mjolnir, if I'm perfectly honest. We've seen it. They won't. The only way to take on Mjolnir is knowing where to hit and hitting it hard. It seems that we're a bit of an impasse here. I know time is of the essence, but... Colonel Babelhall, I ask that you give us some time to consider our options here. I will not deny you this, but just be sh- be aware that we are on a tight schedule, so take what time you need, but we will be leaving here shortly. Very well. Dismissed. With that, uh, Colonel Babelhall and the rest of his officers stand up and begin to leave the room. Uh, are you going to stick behind or discuss, or are you going to be leaving as well? I'll at least walk him out. It's a little bit tougher for Ray Hall because he still has his crutch. Um, they match. He's like, I'm wearing like a, a light cast on my arm. He's wearing, he has a full cast on his leg. And he's right. missing an arm. And missing an arm. Look, if we just take off the bad leg. <laughs> you help him out and he sort of, with his one good arm, while resting on his crutch, he's like sort of pat you on the shoulder. Thank you, Renan. I appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. You're not exactly in one piece either right now, are you? No. Uh, did you see Falkir on the way in? I was about to say, what the hell did you do to that thing? Got a shell that went right past my head. Oh. That is certainly not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Not as bad of damage as uh, as it could have been, but still needed some light uh, some light surgery. What's your recovery time going to be? Uh, I actually forget. What was it? A few days? About three days before you ah. get proper use of it. Three days before uh, full functionality. He, with that, just looks over at the empty sleeve. But it's certainly more than what I'm going to be getting. Um, well, actually, do we know if there are prosthetics and other things like that that can work? There are. The issue with prosthetics, and it doesn't matter how advanced, like, they are. Mm-hmm. You've got plenty of basics to full functionality. The issue with prosthetics is recovery time. Uh. It takes time for the body to get used to it, for the user to get used to it. Mm-hmm. You're talking in periods of months. Yeah. Well... I'm sure you'll be able to pick up uh, the use of one uh, quickly. You're a fast learner. If I only had the time, and that's something that we all seem to be running out of. Yes. That is true. Take care, Ronon, and don't feel shy about coming to see me if you have other things that you want to chat about. Of course. Oh. Would I know if... uh, was Teresa at the, uh... She wasn't. She wasn't, okay. Because, if I remember correctly, Teresa's retired. That's right, she is. So, she's back in Germany. Never mind. I'll just turn to him. Take care of yourself. Um, before we head out, I'll come I'll come see you. Take care, Renan. And with that, he... You two salute. You know, and... He and the rest of the officers turn and begin to head towards the elevator with you guys piling out at this point. So, like, as Duro's walking in, it's like, so, like, I, I, at least it doesn't seem like Ezrin's gonna, you know, 
go with his unit to try and save those uh, prisoners. It seems like he's dedicated to the. Oh, hi, Ezrin. Uh, Ezrin just gla- uh, glances over at you. I understand that a quicker end to the push would give us a better advantage to get the prisoners later. Hopefully, no war crimes will be committed and the prisoners will be safe. Weird, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, no war crimes will be committed. (laughs) Very passive. (laughs) It's the only thing I can do right now. It's either risk everything for a friend. Or I can get us into a much better position here and then get my friend later. If he's even there. I mean, that's the thing is that if we don't have a way to beat Mjolnir, then it's for nothing regardless. Now, if you don't mind, I have a bit of stress. And I need my arm to be in a better shape quicker. I am going to go to the gym. Gonna, gonna do some yoga? No. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Will, voice of Duro and new editor for Zeta Squadron. Just wanted to pop in and ask you to let us know if you have any comments for the show, either the current episode or just in general. Uh, Please let us know as soon as possible, because we have finished recording the end of the Mjolnir arc for Mekton. Uh, If you have any ideas of how to improve the show, we want to know them before we embark on our next project. You can reach us on Twitter, at Zeta Squadron, or directly on our website, ZetaSquadron.com. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed the episode, and have a nice day.